You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. But it was decided, um, let's de-stress the money-raising situation by doing this non-brokered private placement. So now we can pay our rig. We have that rig. And we're going to buy some uh, long lead items that we actually have to purchase in the next week or so or put the money down to make sure we still hit our July 2022 uh, spud date. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. We're getting an update from Trillion Energy. This is a hopefully soon to be natural gas producer in the Black Sea off the coast of Turkey. They have hundreds of millions of dollars of infrastructure already in place. The platforms the pipes at the bottom of the Black Sea pumping into their processing facility onshore. So we just need a little capex to spud these wells, which we hope to do this year. Art, welcome back onto the program. You've just announced the financing to accomplish this goal. Can you walk us through the financing? It was a a lower share price than many people thought, but uh, share with us your rationale for doing it, please. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's um a time I like to be on right now because we actually have the, the money for what I've been saying. So, yeah, so our non, non-brokered private placement we're doing right now is our first, uh, the equity raise, and we are raising uh, $10 million. We We're going to close yesterday, but we're going to close probably today because we're basically fully subscribed. And we're speaking and, on Wednesday just for listeners that hear this on Thursday. Yeah, okay, yeah. And the unit was $0.16.5 cent with half a warrant at 45 cents with a two-year uh, timeline on that. And when people say 16 and a half cents, they say, why is it so low? We actually got the price reservation before we had the, the big uh, upswing in the share value here in the last little while. But also the way the marketing goes is that if we had asked for a 22 or 20 cent share, the unit attached to it would have been a full warrant, right? And so if you give a lower share price, which was 16 and a half cents, we got to give half a warrant instead of a full warrant. And when you look at the value, say $10 million we want to raise um, at 16 and a half cents at half a warrant, that basically is um, 90 million total uh, shares or or, um, equity paper, like a 60, 60 million units, but if you had 20 cents with a full unit, a full warrant, you have an extra 10 million pieces of paper in there. So you you end up having more dilution at a higher share price comp- with a full warrant compared to um, what we got. And that's just the way the market is um, at this moment. And um, the important thing to remember, however, is that for the last little while, I said we're going to have our July 2022 spud date. And we signed the MOU, which we did a news release on. And in that contract, there there is a um, reservation price that we have to pay this week. And so we are still um, have Echelon as our advisor as a news release. And so they still have other things in the plan, but it was decided um Let's de-stress the money-raising situation by doing this non-brokered private placement. So now we can pay our rig. We have that rig. 
and we're going to buy some uh, long lead items that we actually have to purchase in the next week or so or put the money down to make sure we still hit our July 2022 uh, spud date. And just in case people don't know, spud date means the start of drilling. And the other question you asked, is this enough money to do the full program? So this first phase um, basically de-stresses the money raise. So it gives us more option because now we know we're going to meet our July uh, start of drill date because we have these long lead items done. So we don't really need the other money until um, June. So in between, that'd be, so another 10 million we need. So a full 20 million Canadian, right? So that's not US, that's Canadian. So we have the the first full 10 now, then we get the next 10. And with that, we don't have to go back to the market because we'll have self-generating revenue to actually uh, continuously fund our program. But in addition, though, when we start getting to that point, we can then also sub out a royalty or something like that. However, by having the fact that we don't need the rest of the money until June allows us to pursue other options, some debt component potentially, uh, again, like I said, a royalty. And so, um, and maybe the next raise, if we do it, we'll be at a higher price, right? And that's all up to um, Echelon, our advisor there. Is there any talk, uh, you mentioned in the past that there's an appetite for natural gas in this part of the world in London, on the London Stock Exchange. Are you considering that at all as an option at this point in time? Yeah, that's a, that's a question that's brought up. And I find that we went, you know, when you move to an exchange, there's a lot of manpower, a lot of things you cannot change. So you have to stay, you can't raise money or you can't do this because you got to file uh, documents. So at this moment, I have enough money in. I know I have enough money on the way to start this program, to drill it. Once I have the A and B program, which is the seven wells and the 10 wells, and we're really producing well, and our value is quite high, then I might consider um, another market, like you say, in London. And potentially the reason for that is, like I mentioned to everybody, SASB it's going to generate a lot of money. It's a, it's a company maker, but I see that cash flow used to find the expiration larger uh, prospects off the block. And at that time, maybe we might have to do a debt component of 100, 150 million. And then you want to be on a bigger board where larger debt uh, people actually look. And that would be revolving credit too, right? Just to clarify the 100 million like line of credit? Would not be convertible, no. Exactly. That's what that's yeah. what investors care about. They're yeah. saying- No, no I, it's I, just straight money, straight money. Okay. Yeah. And then that, what's the time frame for that? That's another question I've been getting. Obviously, we're hopefully spudding in July. By December, you're going to have multiple wells online. 2023, is that when you're looking to go after exploration? These, the big exploration? Yes. So the, the last few incidents that happened, well, the last big incident that happened in the world here, um, I'm going to accelerate it. So Potentially, maybe if we raise an extra million dollars or if I get a debt component, instead of getting five, I'm going to get six. I want to actually start um, defining blocks to apply for uh, by this summer, right? And so maybe even earlier, but 
by the summer you have blocks and how, I don't know if I explained it before, how it works is, first of all, we have data nobody else has. We have expertise in the area. So we know where some of these are and how it works in Turkey is that we go to them and we say, we have this work program that we're going to do. And that is our bid. And that is held secret. They then go out and is gazetted for, I think, three or four months. And the winning bid based on work, not cash, wins that block. The fact that we have data that other people don't have, the fact that we have onshore facility, all that kind of stuff, we have a competitive advantage. I want to be um, selecting the blocks. I would like to be like August, September and have that in the gazetted. And then once that happens, um, you then will be drilling. You try to do some more seismic and then you'll drill maybe a year or two years later. Okay, so you do have to do some studies then. The, the 3D seismic is what you would still need before you define your targeting? Yeah, so we have we have the targets defined, but when you talk about potentially $20 million a well to spend an extra $500,000 or a million to even lower the risk by 20 30% is well worth the money. So last year, I believe on my show, you pointed out a seven kilometer structure that you've yeah. identified. And then I said, Art, like, did you reveal your cards here, you know, on YouTube before everybody? And then share, share with listeners what your response to me was. I forget. Well, you said, Bill, nobody knows where it is except me. Well, basically something like that could be a TCF or more. If- yeah, I'm, when I'm, I'm answering your question, I'm ignoring that question because I don't want anybody to know where it is. Oh, okay. Right? All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So um, next question. Okay. You kind of laid out the timeline. Uh, Inflation, everybody's being hit by inflation. Uh, We're looking at, what is it? $13 US uh, MCF uh, to be paid, which is kind of amazing. But what is your production cost? Uh, That surely has had to go up as well in this inflationary environment. Yeah, that's correct. And the last price increase that we have is $15 US. So that's quite, quite good. So for SASB, we, we predominantly pay a fixed monthly cost. And so right now it's about $100,000. So if we average, so that, that what that means is as your production increases, your unit cost decreases for OPEX. And for about six to eight years, the average OPEX cost is 24 cents, right? And that's an MCF. So even if inflation were to increase 10, 10%, you just add about two and a half cents to that. So now you're you're paying 26 and a half cents for your op cost. So really right now, it's not it's not an issue for us. A year ago, um, Art, when we started featuring your company, the questions always came in about the Turkish currency and what is the risk there? I received a couple of questions recently about that. Um, can you share your perspective on whether your company is exposed to the, the Turkish lira? Yeah, so our company is not. And, and I'll try to explain it again. So imagine the Turkish border like a sheet of plexiglass. And on the side that's not on the in the Turkish country, you have the price of gas, which is in US dollars, right? So it's out there. So you're paying $15 on MCF. You have the Turkish government who sets the, sets the price. They say it's at $15. Anything that comes across the invisible barrier into Turkey is converted to Turkish lira. So they convert it. They say, okay, because they sell the gas to the Turkish people and they pay in Turkish lira. So it's $15 converted to the exchange rate Turkish lira across that invisible barrier. 
And that's what they sell the gas to uh, industry. And it's set by the government, but there are many buyers. So you'll have groups of industry to have their own buyer, all that kind of stuff. But they're set on that Botac, Botas um, price. And then when I get my, I get paid for my, um, my gas, it's converted back to U.S. dollars because my percentage is very small, how much we produce. And this, the price of gas is based on the external price. And so if we had an inflation problem, the Turkish government would end up spending more money buying the gas than what they sell it in country. So that's how it how it protects the it protects us in the, in the, with our gas prices. And because Turkey imports, I believe, about ninety percent of their gas. That's they, correct. Yeah, they will be buying your gas. Like you're not going to be shipping your gas to other European nations that now need it, especially after the ban on Russian exports. That's correct. Until maybe we find a couple of TCF, right? And that's the thing is that Turkey is a NATO country, right? And so they they NATO right now is looking at not buying Russian gas, right? And so any source of gas that's non-Russian and Turkey really likes the fact that as domestic gas, um, it has number one priority. Is there any potential of bringing in a major partner, you know, I'll throw out the name Exxon or Chevron, in addition to TPAL, who owns 50%, 51% of this project, or is it just you two moving this forward? Is that the only option? Yeah. It's it's not the only option, but it's the only one that I will agree to, and and I I will guarantee that TPAO would also do that. They have a rofer, and if we were to bring somebody in, they would just take it. Okay, got it. All right, so cash flow December twenty twenty two. If you're successful, what's your monthly cash flow in December twenty twenty two? Give us an idea, please. Um, you're stretching my brain here. So I believe that was at the nine dollar range. So this this. November, December, I think is about $3.4 million US free cash flow per month, right? And that's that's from the first um, activities that we're doing with program A. And then because each well takes about um, a month to drill and 15 days to complete. And then with the second program, uh, the number B program, again, that's about 10 wells. So that'll be November 2023 probably. In that way, it will be up to 7.4 million uh, U.S. dollars per month after all costs. And, okay. and so that's that's the thing about it is I want to use that cash flow to look for the, the big giants that are off the block. Okay. Uh, question came in, Black Sea shipping lanes, are they safe? And please ask Art about the safety and accessibility of the wells and the shipping lanes to and from the wells in the Black Sea. So our wells are about eight or 12 kilometers offshore, and they actually occur in uh, like a bit of an embayment. So they're, they're protected. Uh, the other, um, the other issue, not the issue, but the other thing is that Romania, where our rig comes from, is a NATO country. Then you have Bulgaria, and then you have Turkey. And there is no international waters in the Black Sea. So you have Turkish waters going straight into Romanian waters. And so we're bringing in the, um, the rig from Romania through their waters right into our waters, into Turkey's waters and into our, our place. And then again, the way out is all um, either Bulgaria or Turkish waters. 
So they're all NATO countries. And you've heard what they said about NATO countries, that they're going to protect every inch of NATO soil. Um, Bulgaria, you mentioned Bulgaria. You have a project in Bulgaria. Is that kind of becoming more perspective now with the increase in natural gas price and the need for natural gas from outside of Russia? Yeah. So I, initially, when I was working on this project, I like to I like conventional projects. So conventional gas, like a big balloon sitting there. And that's why I focused on SASB. That's going to be the cash flow, the engine. And I put the Bulgarian uh, property on the back burner. Like we still have it. We're still doing some work on it and stuff like that. And I've been, I've been looking at that since 2011, which is a long time. Um, it's non-conventional. Now, I think there is some conventional in there because, so I'll get back. It's non-conventional. It's a coal bed methane project, which is a lot of bread and butter in the States and other places, but it hasn't been done in, um, in Bulgaria. Um, we have a engineering report that has uh, a prospective resource of about one TCF. And that's based on, so we have many stacked coals and that's based on not all the coals. And, but that's a report that was done in 2014 to initiate the first initial program. And so they say there's one TCF gas, one TCF of gas that's um, potentially recoverable. And um, you own 100% of this project too. Yeah, we, we own 100% of it. And this project wasn't, will it produce gas? It was how much gas will it produce? And another reason why I liked it is that we're only about um, 15 kilometers from a major gas pipeline. And so I always try to make sure infrastructure is close. So there's no use having a TCF that's a zillion miles away. It's right, right by a, a high gas pipeline. So now we're going to take a look at that because with the price of gas we have um, in this part of the world and the shortage of gas, this project now needs to be really dusted off and looked at. We're all, we're all up to snuff on it like it's all okay. Uh, we just put it on the back burner. Okay. So I'm going to try to get a news release out here in the next uh, week or so on it. And could you bring a partner on board to develop that project? Yeah, or? We, yeah that's one that we could we could bring a partner in. And if the price is right, uh, potentially we could do that. Okay. So your ticker symbol, uh, you redomiciled back to Canada. Your ticker symbol is TCF in Canada. In Frankfurt, you trade under 3P2N. Now in the States, you've been trading under TCFF, but talk us through what's going on with the ticker symbol and a little, uh, you know, with FINRA, everything. People want to know what's going on with the U.S. ticker. Yeah, okay. I can tell you that I must handle 20 phone calls and 50 emails a day on that. And um, when we redomiciled, you know that the OTC and the CSC has a co-listing agreement, Right. And that's why we managed to, to list on the Canadian Security Exchange, and that wasn't a big issue. So when we redomiciled, we said we wanted the code list. And so a QSIP, C-U-S-I-P, is a number they attach to each share, right? So it's the same share. The same share that trades on the OTC is exactly the same share that trades on the CSE. And so when we redomiciled, there was a... Um, I don't want to say an error, an oversight 
And and I I blamed the bureaucracy because it wasn't us. And so what happened was the CU the, the QCIP for the Canadian one became active, and the QCIP for the United States didn't became inactive because it had no symbol to attach to. They did not put this the TCFF attached to that QCIP. And so we got dropped off the board. So thinking, I'm 64, so I'm used to the old way, thinking that a phone call would say, look, there was an accident. You accidentally didn't attach that QCIP to our symbol that we have in the OTC. Can you turn that switch on? And the answer was, nope, you have to reapply. And so initially, again, I thought, you know, how difficult can it be? So the first little while we tried, and it turns out it's not something I want to do. So we hi- we hired a a group, and we're paying a bonus to get this done, and it'll be done here uh, next week. So the shares are there. It's just that you can't see them. All right. So you're going to be closing on this private placement money pretty soon, your press release indicated. Is that right, Art? Yep, that's correct. Yep. And yep. then you're going to be traveling also. You put out a press release to uh, Romania. And Turkey. So you're going to make sure boots on the ground that that this well spuds in July. That's correct. And so I'm just waiting for my partner to set up meetings for them, because if I go this week and they're not available for me, then I end up waiting another week or another week. So I'm waiting for the and they're quite busy because they're actually now drilling another uh, deep well. And so this could be the third huge discovery for them. So, yep. So potentially next week, the meetings line up. I'll go there. I'll talk to the manager and then I'll talk down to the technical people. I'll go and, and, and talk to them and then go to Romania. But also I'm going to zip over to Bulgaria now and um, check my office there and, and where things are. Okay. And we're using the Uranus rig too. So that's the bigger 333 yep. feet. So you don't need to previously last year when we spoke, you were going to use the Saturn and then the Uranus. Now you just use the deeper of the that's two. Correct. Rigs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And we have that. So that's, that's a done deal now. Yep. Great. And you're putting the down payment on this week or next week? The It's, the, it's Friday. Friday. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. One day and they after. know we got the money, so they're, they're happy. Okay. Great. Yep. All right. Website is trillionenergy.com. You heard an update from CEO Art Halloran. Art, thank you for coming on the show and providing this update. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. 
I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks, don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can, do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met, you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.